This is He Said Then She Said, a series of conversations with everyday Jewish and Gentile couples from around the world. I'm Tuvia Zareski, and as your host, I've been researching the intercultural challenges that are described by couples for over 20 years. I wanted to get an authentic look into how they navigate the complex challenges that they've faced, and then hear how they have found spiritual harmony in their relationship. If you or someone you know would like support in an interfaith Jewish-Gentile relationship, you can reach out to me by email. The address is tuvia, T-U-V-Y-A, at jewishgentilecouples.com. Hey, I hope you enjoy today's interview. Today we meet Carl and Kristen D'Souza, who live currently up in Montreal, Canada. They have a fascinating story coming from, well, let's see, he's from Pakistan, he's Jewish, and she's from Seoul, Korea. Where did they meet, and how did they reconcile cross-cultural differences from such enormously different Asian cultures, and how did they find spiritual harmony? Let's hear what Carl and Kristen D'Souza can share with us. And I'm glad today to um, be meeting with two really dear friends, Kristen and Carl D'Souza, and they are based in Canada. And I want to welcome you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Shalom. Kristen, um, your background is uh, Korean. Yes. Just, I, was... I never asked you this before. What, what was your, your maiden name? My maiden name is Park, or the way we would pronounce it is Pak. Right. And it's one of three very common names. And I was born in Seoul. Okay, Seoul, Korea. Yes. Uh, Carl, where were you born? I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. Dude, tell us all about the, your background there. Yeah, a lot of uh, people are a little bit shocked to find out that there were Jews in Pakistan. Um, so I come from a mixed family. Uh, on my father's side, um, they were all Catholic um, and uh, would probably link their family heritage back to Goa. So there was a, Goa was a Portuguese colony. On my mother's side, they are Jewish. Uh, my mom comes from uh, uh, one of the communities, uh, Indian Jewish communities, called the Bene Israel, or the Sons of Israel. Uh, my mother went to synagogue in Karachi, Magan Shalom, uh, when she was a, um, ever since her youth. So, um, yeah, she was raised in a very traditional Jewish home. Kristen, you were born in uh, Seoul, South Korea. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. I lived there till I was 10. We moved to uh, New York City. And we lived in Queens <laughs> at the time. Now, why, why did your family move to New York? Ah, well, for a better life, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, for more opportunities for the children. Um, but I remember having fond memories of uh, being in Korea. Uh, other than the fact that my parents were divorced. So that was a challenging time as well. Mm. Tell me a little bit about your... Um, what was your spiritual life like as a kid growing up? My dad's side was Catholic. Um, so I remember going to Catholic churches, but I, I didn't like the statues. Uh, and then when I would go to uh, on my mom's side, they were Buddhists. So uh, going to Buddhist temple, 
I didn't like the the, the Buddha temp, uh, statue either. <laughs> so um, as a uh, curious eight-year-old girl in Korea, uh, I was searching. And I found this local uh, church with no statues. And I really enjoyed, uh, that's where my spiritual journey started. Uh, okay. I enjoyed... Uh, but listening to Bible stories and, and the singing. Your family came to North America for better opportunity. Um, where did you eventually um, settle in terms of your profession? My mom was a fashion designer and my dad, uh, one of the, well, Korean families, they either open up a convenience store or dry cleaning store. And so my dad had a dry cleaning business. Um, and so they probably thought that I should go into law or medicine. But then I went into nursing. And, and after that, no, actually, I'll stop there. Okay. Okay. I, I know you've, you've done a lot of different things. Um, that's just one part of it. Um, Carl, let's go back to, to Pakistan. Um, what was your, your spiritual, your religious life like uh, growing up there? And how'd your family end up in North America or you end up in North America? Uh, my father took the spiritual lead there. So uh, we, I'm, I'm the eldest of four boys. And uh, on my dad's side, like I mentioned, they're all Catholic. Um, and so we were raised predominantly Catholic in the Catholic, uh, in the Catholic church. My mom... Uh, even though she was raised Jewish, she had a very high view of Jesus. So she had heard the gospel. And a lot of uh, Jewish kids went to a lot of the British schools uh, mm -hmm. in India and Pakistan. Now, India and Pakistan were both one country in, until 1948. And so my mom was exposed to the gospel uh, through a variety of different ways, through a Christian family friend and, um, and also through the school. So she had a very high view of Jesus. So she was open to that. Um, but I remember my dad leading us in prayer every night. He would gather the boys together, the family together. Uh, we would pray the Our Father. My mom would pray it as well, but she'd stop at the Hail Marys. So let me fast forward a little bit. How did, you guys, how did your family end up in North America? My, my parents really felt like, again, it was a better opportunity for the children, for the family to come back, uh, to come to North America. A lot of our family had already left, both my mom, on my mom's side and on my dad's side. My dad's side, a lot of them went to, uh, to North America. A lot of them settled in California or the States, and some settled in, in Toronto and, and Montreal. Uh, my, on my mom's side, they went to either England, to Israel, or to Canada. And so well, our family was moving out, you know, and there was more and more persecution and uh, intentions um, in Pakistan, religious tensions that made it very difficult for Jewish people and for Christians as well. So we left. What years was, were that? Did it happen? Uh, we left in 1974. Um, Kristen, you started telling us about the the move from um, a religious background to a spirit, the, the spiritual influences. What? What things happened? You said you started to, to go to a, a church and attend Bible studies. What were the things that, that eventually um, moved your heart to, to a deeper uh, and living faith? 
Well, coming from a broken family, uh, divorced parents, uh, I was looking for love. And I, when I went to the local uh, church uh, as, as an eight-year-old girl by myself, uh, I just sensed this love, but I didn't know how to describe that. As I got older, we moved to uh, Queens, New York, and um, I uh, encountered a group of uh, teenagers who were going to this church. Uh, and then at youth camp, this pastor explained to me about what God had done for me. And so for me, if this God of this universe could love me, then, then nothing else mattered. How old were you when that, that all came together for you? Do you, can you remember? Uh, I was 13. Hmm. And so did you continue to, to grow in that, that relationship with God? Uh, slowly. Yeah. Uh, challenging teenage years, <laughs> like other teenagers. But um, I, I think I kind of matured fast and then came to my senses uh, around 18, uh, 19. Um, and I, I was learning uh, more about, uh, about the Bible and actually um, Jewish people. Uh, it was just a personal uh, interest. Uh, okay. Not many people around me were interested at that time. Mm -hmm. But um, because Jewish people being uh, people of the Bible, so that really interested me. Carl, um, so your family had, had uh, moved to, to Canada. Um, what happened in, in your spiritual journey? Uh, go ahead and tell me a little bit about what happened there. Um, as I mentioned, uh, I mean, I was religiously raised as a Catholic. But um, both my parents, my mom and my dad, just also affirmed throughout our, I remember them always saying that I'm Jewish because my mom is Jewish, you know. We actually found out a little bit later through another cousin who did a, a DNA test, a uh, cousin who lives in California, that on my dad's side, they're apparently 80% Jewish. So go figure that one. We just discovered that fairly recently. In terms of uh, religion at home, I mean, uh, what I liked, I liked going to church, and there was something about the church that attracted me, and in particular the music um, and, and the Bible verses. Something like, caught it my like. I, I really enjoyed those aspects of the church service. I didn't quite understand the sermon uh, for me, also. But as a as a kid, I I really struggled with my own identity, and um, uh. Well, one thing that my parents always affirmed is that I'm Jewish because because my mom is Jewish. My grandparents were in Israel. They would come and visit us, you know. And I have uncles and aunts and, and cousins in Israel too. So I, I, I knew that part, but it, it didn't really connect to who I was. So for me, uh, identity issues was uh, uh, a question for me. And part of who I was as a kid, I really struggled with... Um, um, uh, low, I had low self-esteem. And so for me, I felt like, why would God care about me? You know? And, and so the, the, he, he, if he, if he knows who I am, why would he love me? Why, you know, is there anything permanent that would love me and would stay with me and not leave me? And I really struggled with that as a kid trying to grapple with those kind of questions. 
seeing the world growing bigger and larger. Um, things will always change in flux. And I, I really struggle with that. And I felt like I couldn't connect with God and even the Bible stories. But still, those the when I hear the songs, uh, songs of worship or even the Bible verses, it was something that was still attracting me. Uh, I left it, though, when I was about 16 years old. And uh, I, I thought I was going to find the true religion. I was going to find the truth out there. This was not... This was not working for me. But being a teenager, you know, you have other, many other distractions in your life. So uh, I, I pursued a whole lot of other things other than God. Um, during that time, though, I had gone to synagogue maybe about three, three times in my uh, later teenage years. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I loved the services. There was something spiritual. And there was a longing as well to know a little bit about, um, about who I was as a Jew. Uh, I remember my grandfather, uh, my grandparents coming from Israel. They were visiting us one day, um, one time in uh, during the summer. And I saw my grandfather with a kippah. Now, I was a little kid at this time. And uh, I thought the kippah was only there to cover his ball spot. You know? You're talking about a little, little uh, head, head covering. The head covering, the yarmulke, right. Yeah. And so as a kid, I didn't understand what that was about. But I, saw, I, I was fascinated by that kippah that he was wearing. And uh, you know, there was always this kind of longing to understand who I was, but also uh, I didn't know how God was fitting into all of that. Uh, that all changed when I was about 22 years old, and I was uh, studying theoretical physics at, uh, at university here in Montreal. And um, I was uh, just searching for the truth, searching for meaning, searching for love. And, I, uh, and God just... Uh, I, I came across the gospel message and really wrestling with the message of Jesus. And uh, somebody invited to me, it's, uh, one of my friends, a colleague at, uh, at the university, invited me to his church. And I heard the gospel. I had a powerful encounter with God in May 1992 and, and walked out of that church knowing that, uh, that what was said about Jesus was true. Throughout my childhood, I was hungry. And God, uh, God knew that thirst. And in his right time, he brought me uh, to know, know the truth about him. Yeah, it's fascinating. And, and the fact that um, with your, your Jewish family uh, and, and exposure to some of the, the Christian teachings through the, the church that you'd gone, the, the religion that you'd gone through as a kid made it uh, a little more accessible to you. But um, so let me take us forward a bit. I know that both of you eventually ended up in... Um, in seminary, and uh, it's a school for for people who are going into Christian ministry in some form. And um, uh, who wants to go first about the story, how you met in in that setting? That's a fascinating story. I guess I could start. Um, The day I registered at seminary in 1995, uh, September 1995, my dad passed away. So I was in orientation. The school pulled me out. And, um, and then it was a very difficult time for me at, at that time. I was struggling with questions of my own faith. Did I make a mistake about Jesus as the Messiah or not? Um, I was away from my family for the first time. Um, and I thought, uh, and now my father passed away. So I was grieving as well. It was a very difficult time. 
I came back to seminary uh, in uh, after burying my father, coming back to Montreal, and then returning back to the seminary. I kind of poured myself in, into my studies. But there in the first semester, I was attending... Um, uh, we, I, was, I went to a, a missions conference held by, at the school, at the seminary, and uh, I met Kristen there. Now, I saw Kristen earlier. She was in the Bible college level, and I met her, and I, this time I actually got to talk with her. And I sat down next to her uh, when, the, when one of the sessions was starting, and I heard her sing. And I, something just immediately drew me to her. I said, wow, this is something was, I, I don't know how to explain it to you, but it was just something that was there. And then I, it took me about three weeks, honestly, three weeks to drop enough courage to ask her out. And I finally did. I'm glad I did. She said yes, and I was ecstatic. And uh, we dated for about two and a half years. And then I asked her to marry me. <laughs> There's a backstory to this, if I understand correctly. Kristen, what was going on in your life? Okay, so parallel to what he was saying, what he was going through, his dad passing away. <clears throat> uh, after I had finished, uh, finished my nursing degree, uh, I went to seminary. And the first day of school, uh, at the end of the day, she was telling me that, oh, this, I got a phone call. Uh, Carl D'Souza's dad passed away. So he drove all the way from Montreal to Cambridge, which is a seven-hour drive. And then he had to turn around and drive back, right back the same day. Before that, uh, as I mentioned that I was growing in my faith uh, in God um, as a, a young teenager. Um, so I, I had decided uh, around 18, 19, that I didn't want to date, but that I was going to um, to let God speak to me and let me know which is the one that I was going to marry and and, and start a relationship uh, there. Because when the secretary told me, uh, Carl D'Souza, at that time, it's just, uh, it, it's a very, it was a spiritual experience. Like in my, inside me, it was kind of like a confirmation that this is the one, Carl D'Souza, this is the one. Mm. Um, but I thought, oh, it can't be. It's just the name. And also, it wouldn't come from me because I had no idea. Why would I tell myself this is the one? Because I, I didn't even know who he was. You'd never so met I him before? Never met him. It was the first day of school. Okay. So I've never it's met just him. We, just a name. And we were in different programs. Um, so I just kind of left it at that until we met, but I didn't, it didn't really click. And so also Tuvia, I didn't tell him anything when we met either. So Tuvia, this is, this is, uh, I mean, we come from totally different backgrounds. Kristen you comes think? from Korea. <laughs> I come from a Pakistani Jewish background, raised in Montreal. She was raised, uh, lived in Seoul. Uh, she lived in New York city, Toronto. I've, for my life is in Montreal. We never, our circles never intersected. Um, it was interesting as well. And something that when I was struggling with my own faith and I asked God, I said, God, uh, you know, just confirm to me who, who Jesus is and, and if he's the Messiah, if he's New Testament's from you. 
And Kristen was really one of the signs uh, that God used. So while we were engaged, I asked her, I said, so Kristen, tell me how you came to faith. And so she was telling me her story and uh, she went to church and she heard the gospel and, and uh, came to believe in Jesus there. And, but she wasn't really discipled or she didn't really grow in her faith uh, until maybe about her, her teenage years, later teenage years. And she prayed to God and she said, God, um, I'm not going to date any more guys. The next guy I date will be for marriage. And if you need to save him, save him. And so I asked Kristen, I said, well, when did you pray this? And she said, around, well, around February, March 19, 1992, around the time of my birthday. And I said, well, you know what? I came to, I came to hear the gospel message in a powerful way in around, around February 1992, and I came to faith in May 1992. You were praying for me before I, in a different city, and we didn't meet. And God brought us here, and he revealed to you in advance uh, that he was connecting us, that he had brought us together. And I realized that, you know, God, God cares about, it's like Isaac and Rebecca in, in similar, similar ways, you know, he brings people together. He has, he brought Kristen and myself together and he did it in a wonderful way that, that just affirmed my faith and, and strengthened it and, and reminded me that God is personal. He cares for me. He cares about us. He meets our needs and he has a great plan and purpose. I want to take us into the whole discussion of challenges. There are a lot of folks who hear the beauty of your story, but um, we all have, have struggles and challenges that we go through, and, and you two have found a spiritual harmony that holds you together, might, might have some answers, or, or at least you, people can, can glean some, some value from what you've learned in, in the course of this. So you're, you're in the period where you got to know each other in seminary, and you, you were discovering your differences, what were some of the, do you have any, any interesting stories about when you looked at each other, beside the fact that, you know, the Pakistani Jewish um, mixed family and Korean, um, what, what kind of challenges did that put in front of you? I remember Kristen, uh, we're on our way to meet Kristen's parents. And we were on the train, the Amtrak train from Toronto to, to New York City. It was about a 12-hour ride. It was so, we had a long time. But Kristen used that 12 hours efficiently by teaching me Korean culture and prepping me how to insa, how to do, how to bow down properly and uh, say some Korean words, how to use chopsticks. For the first time, I'm using chopsticks in my life. And I wanted to respect her for that and wanted to learn more about her culture too. Yeah, I bet that was going to be uh, important for you too. Okay. How about your side, Kristen? You guys are dating. Well... I would say that we had challenges of a normal couple. Um, mm -hmm. For me, um, cultural differences, uh, because we both had faith in Jesus, to me, we had a common ground to work with. And any challenges that came, we kind of worked with it. And then because we were curious about the other culture, that we were able to... Um, to learn about it and then how to adapt and um, to create our own <laughs> own culture. So uh, when we landed in New York City again and went to my parents' place in Manhattan, um, so I was very nervous because they didn't expect 
for me to bring home somebody that looks like Carl. Mm-hmm. To me, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Uh, but to them, he's not Korean. <laughs> and Asians are not used to somebody with lots of hair. Mm-hmm. And uh, different, you know, there's different physical features. I would just say that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so, for example, when uh, Carl's in this, uh, in their small Manhattan apartment, and he's just stretching his, his six feet tall. Mm-hmm. And so he's stretching his long arm, his hairy arm. My mom just grabs his arm, and she just, she's so shocked that there's so much hair. Then <laughs> she just screams, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Carl, when, when you, uh, I mean, I get that. That's, that's, that's a great picture. Uh, how did your, your Jewish mom handle um, to embrace Kristen as a, a Korean? I didn't see that uh, Kristen's uh, cultural background as an obstacle to my mom uh, accepting her. Um, at that time, um, my, so after I came to faith in May 1992, within two, two and a half years, my mom, my dad, and my three younger brothers all came to faith in Jesus as well. So our family had a different dynamic altogether, you know, from okay. family that was broken and, and struggling. Uh, God just brought a whole lot of healing there. And so my mom had, uh, it, it was not an issue for her. Christian, where were you guys married? We were married in a church mm-hmm. under the chuppah, and we um, had a little introduction as we started the ceremony with um, someone playing, uh, 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 blowing the shofar and announcing the, uh, that the bridegroom comes. And um, I think that was very memorable for everybody as Car- Carl entered as the bridegroom. <laughs> and he had, so he had a very uh, grand entrance. <laughs> uh, we had a lot of our family, our fam- both our family was, were, were there. Um, and so we wanted to exp- use that time as not only a little bit of an expression of our faith and who we are, mm-hmm. but also to, 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 to meld both the, the, both the aspects of, of Jewish and Korean cultures as well. So, I mean, I, I went up to the parents, then I went up to Kristen's parents and asked explicitly to the father for her hand in marriage. And I wanted to show them honor, but also it was a very biblical uh, concept as well, but I wanted to express honor to them as well. And honor is very important, I understand, in Asian, in Asian cultures. That's sweet. That's really beautiful. Kristen and I both, from the beginning, had a very... Uh, we were on the same page in terms of raising our kids. We wanted to expose them to both, to the Jewish and also to Korean cultures. And so that was very important. They, this is who they are and didn't want to suppress one or the other. We want them to, to be exposed to both. They had their barba mitzvahs um, and they also went to church. We celebrated uh, Jewish holidays, Christian holidays, the older kids for them to decide about their own spirituality um, because it's not something that we can, they can inherit or that they're not just following in, in our footsteps. Hey, I want to thank you both. This has been terrific. And um, I'm thanking um, Kristen and Carl D'Souza uh, for their time and sharing and opening their lives. Uh, very unique and very special uh, experience. Well, Carl and Kristen really helped us see how 
the process of navigating cross-cultural differences progresses through the first uh, time of dating and getting to know one another, discovering different identities, and then bringing in their cultures into a wedding ceremony and how important that is to, to blend. Um, we'll find also in the period when a couple is together without children, how they have to find their own identity, who they are and how they'll celebrate that. And then when the children come along, how they'll enculturate those children to both cult cultures and in, that includes their religious faith and belief or spiritual life. Um, if this has provoked some questions for you, I hope that you'll feel free to contact me. Uh, I'd be glad to put you in touch with Carl and Kristen or just if you or someone you know would like support in their interfaith Jewish-Gentile couple relationship, reach out to me by email. The address again is tuvia at jewishgentilecouples.com, T-U-V-Y-A at jewishgentilecouples.com. Thanks for being with us for He Said, Then She Said. <music>